Welcome to Bench Reactions, an NBA podcast brought to you by the night that the skeletons came to life. I'm your host, Patrick Hervey, and I'm joined today by two guys that know how to drive it like they stole it, Dan Lyons and Jason Lambricht. What's up, guys? Gotta pull the hair up, but not out. That's how it works. (laughs) They've never had as much food as this. Also, neither of you commented on my name. I don't I don't know what it is. Robert Palin's is the is the song he's singing. It's the day Robert Palin's murdered me. Oh whoops. And that's the night that the skeletons came to life. No, I missed it. <laughs> yes. Uh, bummer. Yeah. Also, I just successfully showed that sketch to a couple of my friends. Right, because it's always it's always weird like introducing the show to like someone new because you just don't know how they're gonna take it. Brought the house down. It's incredible. Yes, that's one of the better ones to show them if they're trying to dip your toe into the uh, I think you should yeah. leave universe. Also, I've been wearing Zach's T-shirt. Like the, the one that he sent me is is a picture of the skeleton. Says the bones are their money. So it's like perfect leading because I'm like, hey, <laughs> like you know the shirt that says the bones are their money. I'm gonna show you where this came from. <laughs> uh, and then they're like, what about the worms? Gotta get some tape and maybe add that onto the shirt. I like to start with uh, top and flop. Yeah. That's the first that, thing oh, I do. Dude, that's so good. I think, that, I think if you're going to like the shirt, you're going to like top and flop. <laughs> that was Accurate. the one that I showed them next. And it's so great because everybody has the same reaction to it. We're like, the first flop, like no laughing. Second flop, no laughing. Third flop, no. By about the fourth, there's like a chuckle. And then like by the fifth, <laughs> they're just rolling. And it's just rolling the rest of them. They're rolling and the bodies are also rolling down the hill <laughs> in the sketch. <laughs> Just body after body. Busted. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> he told me that at a dinner. Uh, all right. Well, nobody knows what we're talking about and that's okay. Um, no chase, no Zach today. We're going to hold down the fort though. On today's episode, we are going around the league and then we're going to do a little, uh, a new little segment called I Still Believe before we wrap up with Jason's Mud Pie Moment of the Week. But first, let's run through some news of the week. Dan, we have this one outlined just for you, my man. The Orlando Magic tied their franchise all-time longest win streak uh, record at nine games. Unfortunately, right after I wrote this into the Google Doc, they lost to the Brooklyn Nets. So that that win streak uh, ended. They could have taken it into the double digits. Uh, they did not. They did not make that happen because Mikael Bridges went off, um, and that's okay. But uh, Dan, just you know, any any thoughts? Do you want to share any of your joy with uh, our listeners about the Magic continuing to be to to uh, defy all odds and be above expectations? I believe in Magic. Let's freaking go! Also, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, and it was funny too, right? checking in on the game last night that that's when i texted you and was like hey remember how we, at least i was poo-pooing mikhail bridges as being like a good enough offensive player he must have been, he must have heard me because he was like yeah i'm gonna annihilate yeah, he listens for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely annihilated my my beloved defense but you know what not nine games in a row right they have been languishing for a long long time and this team, I was looking at this too, right? I was also poo-pooing their guard play. Since they've started Anthony Black at uh, at point guard, I think they were 11-1. and one. Now I think they're 11-2 and two with, uh, with with last night's thing. But they're, uh, they, there's a stew going in Orlando. It's amazing. I'm so happy for them. So happy for uh, like this team it coming together. Good things, good things are ahead. I think, I think this is sustainable. 14-6 and six is pretty good. I don't think, just like Bush, I'm not coming down from this cloud. <laughs> Incredible, Jay. You were not on the uh, the pod with Dan and me last week. Any, uh, you want to give any any quick thoughts about the Magic? How are you feeling about them? You know, I I I'm just really stoked that we were like a little bit ahead of the game. I'm talking about Goga Batadze because um, <laughs> guy got a, on a got an awesome shout out on the low post this week. Um, for just being a, a a key member of that stew. Um, I think this, this winning streak started, you know, probably around when, or a few games after he started starting at center. Um, I mean, Paolo really seems to have taken uh, quite a leap. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, 
they're third in the league in defense, uh, which is just no joke at all. Um, I, it's, it's unbelievable to see them with the second best record in the East and being surrounded by the Celtics above them and the Bucks and Sixers right behind them. It's unbelievable. Um, I think the question is, like, is this the, is this the 2022-23 Jazz? Um, because I think the what how the Jazz start last season? What was it like? Ten and two? Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Dan's yeah, crying. Dan's, Dan's crying right now, right? Is, Dan, are you okay? <laughs> yes, I, it... <laughs> hold on. I'm just wiping out my tears with this enormous towel that I have. Um, I think the fact that it's based on defense and not, um, and not offense makes it more sustainable. Um, I I I I think they're going to be a playoff team, um, or at least a play-in team, um, depending on how this goes. So um, unbelievable stuff from the magic yeah it's incredible i i wholeheartedly agree jay with your uh your point about it being sustainable because of the defense i mean the fact that their defense is as amazing right now as it is 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 pretty astounding and i want to say the fact that they're a top 15 offense right now zach Lowe pointed out that i don't think they've had a top 20 offense in something crazy like 10 years like it's been a very like maybe back to the the dwight magic days which is just insane so we're happy for the people the great people of orlando and we're happy for our very own dan who just loves the magic for whatever reason all right let's move on to uh to another piece of news zach levine has made it and we'll, we'll get into him a little bit later as well but wanted to touch on this he's made it very clear that he does not want to be in chicago anymore um he's gonna miss at least at least in quotations a, a week with again quotations right foot soreness which uh <laughs> I think is I think is code for I don't I don't I don't want to be around anymore uh, for Zach Levine. So <laughs> where this is where we're at. You like do you think he kicked a fire extinguisher or something in the locker room? To probably yeah. This is like a Jade McDaniel situation, except he like high kicked it. Yeah. <laughs> um, should we save our our Zach Levine takes for later? I think we probably should. All right, we're yeah, gonna I we're gonna save those. We actually have multiple places where Zach Levine is coming back. <laughs> Lots of Zach Levine talk today. <laughs> okay, uh, lastly, I just I, I wanted to to get your guys' high-level thoughts about the, uh, the in-season tournament. The quarterfinals are set just to list out what those games will be starting actually tomorrow. So we're recording this on Sunday, December 3rd. Games kick off tomorrow on Monday the 4th. We've got Boston at Indiana, New York at Milwaukee. New Orleans at Sacramento, and then Phoenix at the Lakers. Again, games kick off tomorrow. We've got, I think, two games tomorrow, two games on Tuesday. Dan and I talked a little bit about the in-season tournament last year, or sorry, last year, last week. It's been a long Feels week, Feels like guys. a year ago. <laughs> it does. Um, Jay, what are, your, uh, what are your takes on the in-season tournament? You liking what you've like seen it. so far? You think it's a success? Yeah, I'm into it. Um, I, I, I don't think I understood the concept um for a little bit and then i remembered or realized that it's inspired by like you know premier league soccer or whatever right football um and i did watch ted lasso like (laughs) a good american so um so uh i i I have to just remember that that uh that little run that they go on in season two and that like random tournament that counts but doesn't count um and now i understand i get it (laughs) Um, it's produced some amazing games, um, specifically in thinking about the um, Sacramento Golden State uh, high octane incredible that happened. Um, that was, you know, kind of for all of the in season tournament marbles. Um, it was incredible, um, and I'm really excited. I think it. I'm excited for it, for it to be a one game single elimination situation with these teams because, even, like, stakes aside. I think just there's something primal about being in a tournament and it being single elimination that I think will make these bring what you'll bring out the competitiveness in these games. Um, uh, especially because maybe, you know, maybe they really want to go to Vegas. Maybe they just want a trophy, but um, just, I think some pride is going to come out. And I specifically um, for this Laker team, I'm very, very interested um, to see how this game against Phoenix is going to go. Because this Laker team is 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 good but not great. I think they have kind of a high, mm, decently high floor, but I don't know how high the ceiling is. 
Um, and the Suns are, I think, think we'll talk about them a little bit later, but I think things are kind of moving in the right direction um, with them. Um, they're dangerous right now. And so to see the Lakers have to get up for a game um, and put their best showing out there or they're going to get knocked out of this thing um, is going to be fun. Um, I'm not going to like tear my hair out or cry if they lose on Tuesday, but like I am excited to see if they can kind of rise to the occasion. And that'll be the case for all these teams. I mean, Milwaukee's going to have to bring their best um, again against the Knicks. Um, and there are not a lot of nights where Milwaukee's bringing out their best these days, I feel like. Nope. And so, um, <laughs> and, and can we just all come together um, tomorrow? to root for Tyrese Halliburton to take oh, out yeah. the Celtics. Let's go. Absolutely. Let's go. Um, also, I predicted, one of my semi-bold predictions that the Hawks were going to win the in-season tournament. Wah, wah. They're not even in the, the ah, ah. <laughs> yeah, How do you make a caca, but it's like dying? Ah. <laughs> that's music so, to my that's ears, that's fellas. That's music that's to my ears. I'm not. Die, I'm not doing the dead caca about the season, but that prediction is. is oh, I've been dead caca about the about the Hawks since the beginning of the season. Did you say caca? I said dead caca. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, Dan, any any uh, final in season tournament thoughts before we uh, move on? Just the Jay's point earlier about how like something primal about being in a tournament. One of the big questions that I had about this was why is this going to matter? And it matters weirdly because it matters. The NBA is treating it like it matters. And even though we all hate those stupid, stupid courts, like setting, setting the stage for, for this and treating it differently and treating it like, like games that, that matter actually has made a difference. And, it shows in how the players treat it. It shows in how the fans are receiving it. The knockout stage is going to be fun just simply because you are getting eliminated. Even though it doesn't matter, it does matter. And I think that's going to show. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely a huge W for the league. Very, very excited to see how this week goes. Excited for the, the single elimination games. Nothing, nothing better than that. All right, let's move on to our next segment. We're going to go around the league. Um, I will go ahead and, and kick things off with with my question for you guys. I we spent a lot of, of time last week talking about some Eastern Conference teams. I thought it would be good to go to the opposite side of the conferences, go to the, the Western Conference and talk about a few teams here. So here is my question for you guys. I want you to rank these Western Conference teams by your level of worry with how the rest of the season will play out based on what you've seen so far. So I've got the Lakers. Clippers, Warriors, Pelicans, Suns, and Kings. And we're going to go least worried to most worried. Jay, as our Western Conference uh, correspondent with one of your team, you know, your team obviously is listed in that at group. Uh, would love to get your thoughts first on how you would rank these teams. I mean, are we all technically Western Conference uh, correspondents based on our team affiliation? We are, but your team has had the, the most success, you know, in in history so we defer to you you might say that um if if well then i'm if it's based on success then i'm just universe correspondence to the lakers (laughs) all right i take it back don't let it go to your head through the universe (laughs) um okay so um i i'm i'm not ranking these in order of like what their record will be at the end of the season but like how well they will play like compared to expectations um so I'm actually gonna put I'm gonna put the Suns first. Um, I feel I feel good about the Suns. Um, they have figured some stuff out. They obviously haven't had Bradley Beal for more than what a game, couple games. I think he's played three um, games out of what like nineteen yeah. ish. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yet um, their offense um, has uh, you know climbed. I think into the into the top ten. I think it's yeah um, ninth. I um, mean, offense and their defense is, has been decent. They uh, they're 16th in defense. Um, that's moving towards the profile of the team we expected. And you know, I remember in my, in in that preseason predictions uh, conversation, um, listing Booker among my top five MVP candidates and feeling like he was going to be the out and out best player on this team. Um, 
And I think that has shown in the games he's played. Um, I think he's averaging 28, five rebounds, eight assists. Um, that eight assist number is wild for him. Um, he, I don't think he's ever gotten close to that, if, 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 if I recall. Um, and he's almost shooting 50, 40, 90. Um, and, you know, so I, I think they're getting close to being the team they're supposed to be, and they just need to get Beal and kind of gel and figure some things out. But I feel good about them. So I'm going to go Phoenix first, least worried. Kings next. I think they're just who they are. Um, they're weirdly statistically not like that great offensively. I think they're, like, they have a negative net rating negative too, which is like yeah. not great. So, um, but I think they are who they are. Like Fox is just going to be Fox. Like it turns out Fox is just really, really great, especially in the flesh. Um, <laughs> uh, what does the Fox say? Um, that was actually Foxy uh, so, yeah. from uh, Wayne's World. I was doing a little. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go. Suns least, then Kings. Uh, I'll go. I'll go. Pelicans next. Um, you know, especially getting Trey Murphy back this week. He looks good. He looks bouncy. Um, uh, I think they. I don't think they're going to be like you know top four seed. Um, but I think they are getting to where they're supposed to be being like in lower part of the playoff picture. Um, all of this obviously comes with a big caveat that at any moment, Zion Williams could just get hurt and miss the rest of the season. So that's going to be the same question as always. Um, I third, third most worried is going to be the Lakers. Um, I was just talking about, you know, I, I tweeted in anger this week. <laughs> Uh, which I haven't done about the Lakers probably since a uh, pre-Russell Westbrook trade. Um, but I tweeted something along the lines of um, this team isn't bad, but they're also not good. Um, they, had a, they, had a, they had a rough week against two of the best teams in the league, the Sixers and the Thunder. Um, just got absolutely waxed. Um, and, and yet like they beat the Rockets again last night, and they got Jared Vanderbilt back last night. Um, the defense, you know, they held the Rockets to 97 points. That's pretty good. Um, again, I, like I, like I already said, I, I think the floor is high. Um, and the ceiling, the ceiling is a question mark because we just have not seen them play very well against a really good team. Um, they beat in the Clippers, but it turns out the Clippers may not be very good either. And that leads me into my second most worried, which is the Clippers, um, they built this team like they wanted to win a championship, and that's just not happening. Um, they're they're just not very good. I mean, and that that leads into um, my most worried, which is the Warriors. Um, you know, they they're the, they're the only team outside of the top ten in the two conferences that like really really expected to contend, and is not even close um, right now. Obviously, they've had some issues. Um, Draymond missed five games, and they're putting some stuff together. But, I mean, every podcast, every national podcast this week was about, like, what, is, what are we doing with the Warriors? Are we going to trade Clay Thompson? Um, all this stuff is crazy to even hear about. Um, but, I mean, Clippers, uh, Clippers Warriors yesterday was the Worried Bowl. Um, and the Warriors had them for the entire game and then just dumped the game down the toilet in the fourth quarter. Um, and that keeps happening. Um, a team that's not Steph what Curry, that's not how they, that's not what normally happens with that team. They're the exactly. team that normally does that to other teams. A team with Steph Curry and all of these experienced players and such an infrastructure should know what they're doing down the stretch of games and should know how to take these teams seriously and close out these games. And they just haven't been doing it. Um, so that's my order. Um, I don't know if I took too long going through it but that's that's my thought no i actually think that was perfect that was uh exactly kind of my my same thoughts i think the clippers and warriors I, i'd probably put as like 1a 1b right like those to me could be really interchangeable but things in in warriors land are just uh and again i'm i'm probably gonna regret saying this in like three weeks when they rip off seven or eight wins in a row um i actually don't i mean honestly i, I don't think that's gonna happen with the roster they have right now like i don't know what's going on wiggins apparently like slammed his index finger in his car door did you guys hear this so i, I don't know how quickly you're gonna come back from that and he was already i think he was starting to to be on the up and up a little bit with his play but he's been pretty awful to start the season draymond and steph both played great 
yesterday. I think Clay even had a good game, and they still lost to the Clippers. There's weird locker room stuff. There's some weird stuff with Steve Kerr going on where, you know, there's the kind of the old guard and the new guard, and he continues to play some of the uh, the older guys um, over some of the younger guys. The, the the Moses Moody Clay thing has been kind of beaten to death in that in that Kings game by the national media, but it's it's valid. Um, and honestly, I, I just feel like with the Warriors, this is a pretty gross mishandling of assets when you have Steph Curry on your team. And um, granted, they you know won a championship a couple of years ago, but the James Wiseman pick, the Kaminga pick is looking pretty rough, especially with Franz, Franz Wagner looking amazing for Orlando and he was picked one pick after Kaminga. Um, Moses Moody is okay. The Jordan Poole thing obviously was kind of a, not kind of, it was a disaster towards the end. Um, so it's just crazy to think how, how different things are for that team, you know, two years later than they were a couple years ago. Um, the rest of the teams, I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Jay, with the, the Suns. I feel good about the direction they're heading in. We'll see what happens if, and when they get Beal back, I don't know when that's going to happen. The Kings, I think are the Kings, like they're just going to be a solid regular season team. I don't really believe in them in the playoffs, but that's okay. We'll have that conversation a different day. And then um, Lakers, Pelicans. I mean, I don't, I don't really love what I've seen from the Pelicans. They lost to the Bulls last night with most of their guys that way. And the Bulls didn't, I mean, obviously they didn't have Levine, but it's just, they're, they're, they may be the new snip snap team of uh, 2023, 24. Like one week they look amazing. Then they lose to the Jazz twice in a row. Then they, you know, they beat an amazing team. They come back and lose to the bowl. It's just, it, it doesn't really make sense to me. So, um, Dan, any, would you change up anything in that order? Or do you feel good about kind of the order Jay put things in? Yeah, I feel pretty good about that order. And I wanted to point out with the Devin Booker thing that Jay went on, he sounds remarkably like his best friend, Michael Pina, very much in lockstep with Devin Booker point guard. <laughs> Let's so, go. Jay, I'm that glad. just shows how ob- objectively true the take is that everyone on all sides of the spectrum is acknowledging it. I'm just saying, if you text Michael you and send, tell your him heart to say hi, to though. Being friends with Michael Pina, the world will be will be a better place. Oh, amazing. Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's move on to Dan's question. Dan, what have you? Uh, what do you got for us? All right, I'm calling this the Andy Dufresne question, which is who is suffering in silence in prison and deserves to be let go, free him. Maybe I'll call this the free him segment. And this is came up because Zach Levine is making it pretty clear that he wants out, right? So who is not making it very clear that they want out but needs to be needs to be free? Lori Markinen? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, Dan. Did you say Larry Markinen? Because <laughs> we did. didn't hear you. Oh, you didn't hear me? <laughs> no, no you froze. it froze. <laughs> oh, my God. I was going to make that joke, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pat, do you have, do you have a, a serious answer? I mean, I have, like, there are, there are, no, yeah, I'm not, I'm not serious about Lowry. I'm trying to think of who are the teams that are, are struggling right now that would love out. I mean, I to go back to the Pelicans, I, I I actually wonder where Brandon where Brandon Ingram's head is at these days. Like that dude could be the guy on another team, and he's you know kind of put in this sort of I don't know two or one B role, and it's him and Zion together just does not make a ton of sense to me still. I don't feel like they I've 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 said this before, but I don't think that they bring out the best in each other playing alongside each other. So I think that's a, you know, potentially a good one that that may be a little bit more hidden. There's the obvious guys like Russ, right? Like I don't think Russ is having the best time ever in Clippers land, but nobody's gonna trade for him. So what <laughs> he also like he's he doesn't like deserve to be in a better situation. Okay, okay, okay. Well who's who wants to go next? <laughs> Um, first, I just want to say, I'm just so glad that Joel is not the answer here. I'm so glad that things are going well. Great he's point. He's found his person. Absolutely. Tyrese Max, he is so good. Um, I'm just so glad about that. Um, uh, you know, 
Alex Caruso. He certainly uh, is doing. We could go down like all the Bulls roster: <laughs> Demar, uh, <laughs> Billy Donovan. No, I mean, the, uh, I mean the Bulls. Look out! The Bulls won two in a row after Zach Levine stopped playing. A little bit of a spite bump. I'd love to hear yep. that. Um, Alex Caruso making a case for you know his trade value. Um, low, low key is the answer here, Luca. Um. Because the Mavericks Spicy. definitely haven't the, the Mavericks haven't like given him any kind of an elite roster. Like the one that he took to the Western Conference Finals was like pretty good. Like I mean and, and like it was better than we knew at the time because Brunson, obviously, but um I mean Nobody expected nobody that expected though at the time, for, no, sure. for sure. No. Um the Luca thing is it, it, it it's gonna come around at some point. Um but I think he, you know. He has a he has a co-star and some good role players that that we have discussed on the pod plenty. Um, so maybe he's fine, but I, I definitely don't think this is like his end game, you know, roster when it comes to like ascending to the throne, you know. Um, so you know, I he deserves he deserves to be on the you know his version of the 2012 Heat. Um, at some point, and I'm, I'm sure it will come at some point. And I don't know if it'll come in Dallas, especially with Mark Cuban selling off a bunch I was gonna of say, part of the team. And it's like, what's that going on news here? Of the week. Yeah, that was yeah, funky yeah. stuff coming out of Dallas. Apparently, he's still going to be like running the team, but not owning it. They're not owning a majority stake. Doesn't make sense. It's like, it's like Mark. I don't think like the success of this team has been based on like your expertise in running a basketball team, um, but. Uh, you know, not that he's been bad at running, but um, he's been a good owner. I just, I don't know that he's like a good team president or whatever it's going to be. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff in Dallas. I feel like is Mark like getting off the ship before things really uh, start sinking? Um, we'll see. Here, so one other one, Dan, and then I'll, obviously you can would love to hear your thoughts on this. But I think Siakam is another one potentially that comes to mind. I talked about this last week, uh, you know, with, with Scotty's kind of ascension, I think a lot of what they do together is redundant and doesn't, again, it's similar to like a Zion Brandon Ingram situation to me where I just think Siakam would thrive elsewhere. There were a lot of pundits this week talking about, you know, potential Siakam trades. I I can't remember who it was that maybe it was Zach Lowe throughout Siakam to the Warriors that I thought was, or no, it was, I think it was Bill Simmons, but the trade idea was terrible. It was like, Wiggins and Kaminga for Siakam. And I'm like, yeah, no way Toronto's doing that. No way. But I do think that Siakam's probably suffering in silence a little bit. Yeah, 100% agree about that. Siakam was who I thought of, especially when I had the question, I just started thinking about our Hall of Mediocrity takes from the other week and started thinking about those players. But I like the idea, too, of players who deserve to be in a better situation. So does Siakam deserve to be in a better situation? I think that you're right that he would thrive in a better situation. Other one, thinking of Donovan Mitchell. Again, don't know if he necessarily deserves to be in a better situation, but I think that there could be a team that could leverage what he has. Really, though, I wanted to take mine with this. There isn't one player on the Warriors necessarily that I think deserves to be in a better situation, but I did want to address how Steve Kerr is handling like the the young movement on the team. I think the things that we saw with Team USA over the summer and about how he handled his lineups is rearing its head now where he clearly has a lack of trust in the younger players on the team. And he's leaning too much on the players with tenure. And so how can that team develop if the, if they're not trusting their younger players to make mistakes and play through and play through mistakes and so all of these and which is the the delicious irony of this is that Steve Kerr made his hay in the NBA by being willing to be flexible with lineups and go with something that people had never seen before right with going small in the finals small ball was all the rage that was ultimately Steve Kerr and his staff and now he and his staff are completely bumbling everything and so I would hope that the young players on on Golden State I think that they do deserve better and I don't know in terms of in terms of fit and and everywhere else but I think that those young players and in Golden State are really suffering right now 
All right. Well, Jay, let's move on to your question, our final around the league question. Here we go. So uh, as we speak, the college football uh, playoff selection committee is potentially deciding the future of our republic. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) If they leave the SEC out, it's quite possible we might have another civil war uh, going on. Um, They're going to they're picking the four teams that are going to be in their playoff out of like really potentially six or seven deserving teams. And that's like maybe not even including the two time defending champions that lost their first game last night. Um, So their system is insane. I can't believe it still runs that way. Um, I understand there are difficulties in that sport, but I was thinking about what if we did this in the NBA where this like shadowy cabal committee where like nobody even knows who's on the committee really um, just like looks at all the teams in a closed room and comes out and like, like, like on Groundhog Day, uh, just makes an announcement about whether they saw their shadow or not. Um, like, I just think it would be wild the arguments we would get into um, over who should get a chance to play in a four-team playoff in the NBA. And so I posed a fun little question to you guys. of If there was a committee that had to, had to pick today the four teams that would play in the NBA playoffs this year, who should those four teams be based on who you think the best teams are and their resume at this point? Um, so what do you guys think? Who, 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 who are the four teams and who gets left out and like absolutely riots in their cities? <laughs> this is a great question. I'm ready. Dan, are you ready? Dan, are you- I got my four. Let's- I got my four. You have your four already? Okay. I do. Okay. You go first. All right. Now, Jay, you're saying that, that, I mean, obviously this is an individual choice. This isn't like who the NBA would want to be the four teams. Cause that, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so I'm saying if you were the committee. Yeah. Yeah. So based on what I've seen up to this point and who I think at least right now, again, things could change over the next three to four months, but the teams that I would pick in the West, I would have the Denver Nuggets and the Minnesota Timberwolves. As our representatives for the Western Conference, ooh, and in the ooh, East, ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh. in the East, I would have the Boston Celtics. I think that one's pretty obvious, and the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers representing. I think those are the four. Well, I, it's, it's a really, really good question. It's a tough <laughs> question. I, in my opinion, those are the best four teams right now. Again, I think that will likely change over the rest of the season, but. Um, I think those matchups would be pretty, pretty tasty, pretty juicy as well. First of all, how dare you? How dare you leave out my beloved Orlando Magic? <laughs> Get out of here. How dare yep, you? This is exactly what we're talking about. This is what would Look, happen. The Magic have showed up and played incredible basketball this season. And this season is the season that matters. Right now, like over, we're looking over the, this, this period of games. The Bucks even have a better record than the 76ers. Are you kidding me? Even if you hate watching the Bucks, they've played better basketball than the 76ers. I don't think point. so. Here's my argument I don't think you can argue that this, the Bucks have actually played better basketball than the Sixers. They may have a better record, but even the game yesterday, they, they, I mean, they pulled away at the end, but they barely beat the Hawks. They're putting up, they're having to basically put up 130 a night. To have any chance of winning because their defense is so bad. So bad. The Magic. They lost piece, to the Bulls two They games lost to the Bulls ago. without Levine and without DeRozan. And They're ignoring the, their 14 wins. They have 14 wins. Like, yes, they have. Again, I think they will be represented by the end of the season. And also, why are you why are you painted blue for Selection Sunday? Dan, what's going on here? Is that a. Oh, you want, it, you want the Magic to win. Okay, I understand now. <laughs> Look, how dare you leave my beloved Magic out of this? They just showed up to work every day, played their tails off. They've beaten some incredible teams as well. And so if you're talking about like strength of schedule, I, to this point, it's unconscionable to me that we would pick the 76ers over the Magic at this point. That's, that's oh, oh, I am heated. Well, Jason's the decided. Well, okay, first off, let's hear your other three teams other than the magic and your your bias showing here <laughs> i mean i'm really just going off of 
off of record at this point. I don't know what other what other metric really to use. Advanced metrics, whatever. So in the West, I'm going I'm going Timberwolves and I'm going Thunder. Talk about like matchups. Like that would be All right, you're redeemed, be... Dan. You're redeemed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, see, and I think the Thunder are deserving. That's the thing, right? So my Nuggets take, I'm the we we haven't gotten to I still I still believe yet, but talking about youth movements, right? Now now we're seeing a little bit of that like, okay, what are we gonna do without Jokic on the court? Um and and some of that just youth showing through for for the Nuggets. And the Thunder, I mean, still a very young team, but again, they're playing really, really well. And so, you know, am I going to, why, why would I take the Kings over them? Why would I take the Suns over them? Why would I take the Nuggets over the Thunder at this point? Like, I, I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't. If we're, if the question is, if we're having a four game or a four team playoff right now, then I have to go with those four. Also, I take back my Sixers take. I want the Bucks. I changed my mind. I do think the Bucks is probably the right choice. I just I was looking I was just looking up some, up some stats. I think that look I love the Magic Dan, but I don't think you can argue that Giannis and Dame isn't a better combo at least right now than Paolo and Franz. Let me let me put some stats in your little ear holes here when it comes to strength of schedule, um, because if if we're talking about strength of schedule, then like the Magic are kind of playing in the ACC, unfortunately. No, Dan opposite <laughs> they have no the fist pumping worst, <laughs> they have the second worst strength of schedule so far in the league um uh, the bucks have the fourth worst um you know who's sitting towards the top the sixers uh so Ooh. i have sixers celtics and that is backed up by none other than a conversation on the low post between zach Lowe and doris Burke this week where they both said they think the sixers are better than the than the bucks so far so I'm going, yeah, I'm going uh, Celtics and Sixers. Um, the West is tougher. Some SEC bias here. <laughs> Should I take back my take back and stick with the Sixers instead? <laughs> this is so hard. Um, in the West, you got to give it. You got to give it to Denver because the committee would take into account that Denver won the championship like six months ago or whatever, and that they have the best player in the game now. Um, Though they also would take into account that Jamal Murray is healthy, like or is hurt. Like, do we play the playoffs in a couple weeks, or do we play the playoffs in June? I don't know how it works. This is kind of a weird hypothetical, I guess. But, um, but the other team. So I was really, really torn between the Wolves and the Thunder, because um, the Thunder I think are just kind of like better statistically as a team. They're on, the only team in the league that's top five in both offensive and deficient uh, and defensive efficiency. Um, which is often a, an indicator to me of like this team is a real contender. Um, absolutely took my Lakers to the woodshed this week. Um, so you know, uh, but I, I I would go Minnesota. They have a couple game lead um, on every other team in the West. So it it'd be the Thunder are the team that the Thunder and the Bucks are the teams that like riot of over getting left out. Um, uh, if the Lakers fans would also riot, but we don't have a reason to. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, all of this is to say, insane way to pick a playoffs. Um, get better, college football. <laughs> but yeah. Figure out what you do, college football. Great question, Jay. Well, let's move on to our next segment here called I Still Believe. Real quick, little little quick monologue. Uh, we are entering the Christmas season, which means our stockings are hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas will soon be here. Uh, Some of us, Dan, still believe in Santa Claus. (laughs) And we want to take that belief and talk about what teams and players we still believe in despite their rocky starts to the season. So Dan has to jump off here in a minute. Let's let Dan kick things off here. Dan, who do you you still believe in? And if it's the Jazz, I'm kicking you off the pot immediately. I still believe in the Jazz. Woo! Let's go. <laughs> I think with a healthy Keontae George. Oh no, uh, Keontae George. Oh, you're serious healthy. about this? You're I'm serious. serious about, I'm serious oh, about it. Keontae George is looking great. Their offense is figuring it out. I think Marketing comes back healthy. I think they can put together a little run. They're not going to 
<laughs> win a playoff series. I I would like to say that I, I have some reasonable beliefs about Santa Claus, right? I know I'm not getting that Lamborghini this year, obviously, <laughs> but that but that but that PS5, you know, I feel like that's still on the table. And so with the Jazz, I'm like, okay, I think they can make the play-in. I think that they can put together enough of a run to make the play-in. I still believe. I still believe that you're probably going to be disappointed in that take. But, Jay, what do you have to say about it? I just want to say, I just want to point out that they have basically the same record as the Chicago Bulls, uh, where the sky is not just falling, but, like, has fallen and just destroyed everything in town. So, like... I I think it's wonderful that um that you can be optimistic about the Jazz uh, while everyone is just just ready to sell off the parts in Chicago. It's just incredible. Here I stand. Here I stand. Jay, let's uh let's kick things over to you. Who do you uh who do you still believe in? So, I think I've been very very uh judicious about um, bringing up um, some of my beloveds this season. I think I've spread the love around to a lot of different teams, and I really waited for like the appropriate time to talk about certain topics. And I think this is the appropriate time to talk about a topic, a.k.a. Cormac Carl Christie Jr. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Otherwise known as Max Christie. I was like, Cormac? Who? <laughs> I don't know him. Isn't that a great name? Isn't that it's incredible? Great, like for to be his full name, Cormac Carl Christie Jr. Max Christie, a backup guard for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, it's kind of perfect that it's just you and me at this point. We actually didn't catch Dan <laughs> off for that take uh, because I'm guessing you watched the Lakers Thunder game this week. Um, sure did. Sure did. Um, Max Max is getting when he when he's playing minutes and he's playing a lot of minutes now. Uh, he's inching up towards averaging about 20 minutes a game. He's getting the toughest defensive assignments. Um, he guarded Donovan Mitchell for the majority of the of the game that the Lakers won against the Cavs uh, about a week ago, and then against the Thunder, uh, he was tasked with slowing down Nuestro Querido uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander quite a bit. Um, and he obviously did not get the job done. Um, he was not able to do that, um, like not many guys, can. every other player in the league. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I still was impressed um, kind of with the fundamentals uh, and with the screen navigation. Um, they put him through hell trying to guard Shea. Um, and he was at least in the right positions. Um, and Shea was just making making tough shots like he always does. Um, you know, Max has started shooting um, a lot better, um, which I think kind of matches, I think, a lot of Lakers fans' thoughts, which is like, this guy can't get it going unless he actually gets to make some mistakes and be on the court for a while, you know, um, get in a, get in a rhythm, get used to the vibes, get used to the speed of the game, defenses, all of that. Um, he's starting to shoot better. Uh, he has shot over 50% from three and like three out of the last, you know, six games or something like that. Um, he had a, he had a three for three game against Houston last night, two for three, the night before two for four, a few nights before that against Cleveland. Um, again, while having to play tough defense, I think he is potentially rounding in to being who the Lakers need him to be, um, and being a real diamond in the rough. He's starting to hit some like mid range pull-ups, um, like he did in summer league. This is all to say that, you know, I'm being very optimistic, but, um, his overall stats, um, mean that he should definitely still be in the Santa category of people I believe in, despite the evidence, because his PER right now is a robust Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 6.8. Um so what do you think? What do you like having watched that game and 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 thoughts about that? Yeah, no, I think it's a good it's a good take. I I and I applaud you for your uh I would say your your sort of refrained uh homerism this year i feel like you've you've done a good nice job of of holding that back unlike dan who is no longer on the podcast saying that he still thinks the jazz are going to make the plan i guess never say never but i i I don't believe very strongly that that will happen mostly just because the west is continues to be you know a bloodbath um i mean i think you know especially dating back to the summer when he went nuclear in summer league he definitely has 
the makeup of a guy who should be a successful, you know, support guy on a, a role guy. Well, I can't think this morning. Role guy on a on a team. Um, whether it's the Lakers or I'd be curious to get your thoughts on. Uh, you know, is there any chance that LeBron just says, "Hey, love you." <laughs> I'm going to trade you another team to to go find some additional help, but he, they may not have to if he becomes that that guy. Um, yeah, no, I, I really i've I've liked what I've seen, especially on the defensive end with him. To your point, guarding Shea is not really something that anybody can do successfully for the most part. Um, but I thought he did a nice job of of semi slowing him down or looking like he was at least capable of getting there. Uh, Donovan, same thing. So I think it's a good take. It's a little bit of a deep cut a for deep our deep listeners, cut for maybe, who don't know who Cormac <laughs> Carl Christie Jr. is. But, you know, he sounds like he's like an Irish farmer or something. That's that's a, a Cormac, yeah, it, Cormac it, Carl Christie. <laughs> yeah, no, it, Cormac is like a, is a real, real like worked in the in the coal mines in West Virginia kind of Dude, name. Dude, like that's kind of his it's kind of his vibe. He just kind of like does his work and gets, you know, gets the job done. Um, if he is. If he can be a very good role player, that's the best case scenario for the Lakers because they're not going to get a, a, a guy of similar value at the kind of price point going forward that they can keep Max Christie at. And that's why, I mean, again, that's the Austin Reeves principle. Um, even though Reeves was undrafted and Max was a second rounder. But yeah, um, that's that's how you build as a as a expensive old team. Um, but yeah, so who's your Santa? Who you believe in, buddy? Man, mine's mine's a deep cut, man. So just buckle up. I was thinking about this last night, and I was so I started thinking about a guy that I really liked last season in his rookie season. Who and I started thinking like I have not seen this guy anywhere. Like I I don't know what happened to him. Is he hurt? So I started doing a little bit of digging. Turns out he's not hurt. He's just been completely buried on the bench, and that is. Uh, AJ Griffin of the Atlanta Hawks. Ah, yes. You remember yes. Last, last last season at this time he was hitting game winners. Yeah, like he was amazing. So I looked up his stats from last season, and let me pull this up real quick. So he was playing about a little over nineteen minutes a game, so about twenty minutes a game last season. He shot thirty nine percent from three. Like he showed, I think he showed a lot. He's six six. He's got a great wingspan. I think he's got the tools to be good on defense, which is, I mean, this team definitely needs that in his shooting. And so again, in theory, I'm like, I just don't really understand. So then I looked up this season, he's averaging nine minutes a game. So his minutes have basically been cut completely in half. And it just seems like his confidence has kind of gone in the toilet. Like he's been honestly pretty terrible. <laughs> like the other day he played 15 minutes and I think he shot 0 for 8, which is probably part of the reason why why Quinn has buried him on the bench. But part of my issue with these young guys is you got to give them reps for them to build that confidence up. And when you're playing, like you don't play for three games and then Quinn throws you out there for, you know, 10 minutes and you're expected to go in and hit big shots and play solid defense. It's just a lot to ask of a guy who's 20 years old. Um, I just don't understand. They're playing like they're playing Wes Matthews in Garrison Matthews over him on the team. Like I, their game against the Bucks, I'm like, you've got Garrison Matthews out there for like 18 minutes. I just, I don't understand it, especially when they're a team who's struggling to find their footing right now. Anyway, they're kind of in that 500 ish place, uh, which is honestly what they've been for the last two, three seasons. I'm kind of like, why not just throw him out there and see what you've got? I don't think he's going to be, you know, detrimental to the team, and I think he's a guy who, if he hits and continues to develop could be awesome for them moving forward, especially as they think about, you know, I don't think DeAndre Hunter is probably long for that team. They're probably going to look to move him at some point. You've got this guy who could potentially come in and fill some of those minutes, but I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on my, my deep, deep, deep cut here? No, I love that too. Um, a little aside, like just like a tough, tough year so far for the Griffin family. Like Adrian is <laughs> not great. Adrian is taking heat. Um, Zach Lowe on every podcast talks about how few pick and rolls they're running with Damon Giannis. Um, and 
and with AJ getting pushed out of the rotation, just just tough. Um, tough for these guys who are getting paid million millions of dollars to work in basketball. It's really yeah. really brutal. <laughs> Pretty good family. <laughs> um, no, I like it. I, I I he's like a prototypical kind of interchangeable player for uh for the modern nba so he's you know you think he'd still be pretty valuable i think what's killing him is is the emergence of jalen johnson and uh and and then the uh, acquisition of steve um i think both of them are taking those those minutes and i I honestly think both of them probably should take those minutes it's fair Um, that's a fair statement (laughs) but um but maybe he's maybe he's like a candidate for a for a you know get him on another team kind of situation. Um, I am, you know, I, I I can't be too high on him because he played at Duke. Uh, but uh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but, but I know I I really like his game, and I I think there are a lot of teams that could, that could use him. I think my I think my beloved Pistons could um, could give him another shot. They could use wings for sure. Yeah, uh, guys, I, I like it. Buckets. Um, how about the fact that I, I I thought about I thought about doubling down and trying to be like I still believe in the Pistons because um, I watched <laughs> I watched their game last night and I actually do believe that things are gonna get better now that Boyan is back. He was awesome and he like brought just like a level of kind of like freshness to the table. He hasn't been yeah, like. There's really only one way to go when you've lost 17 games in a row, which hopefully <laughs> yeah. is. Uh, I, mean, I guess there's two ways to go. You can continue to crater, which. It's not I just want. I also want to say this is such a tangent, but um, the, the 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 people who are benefiting the most from the Pistons being on a 17 game losing streak is the dang San Antonio Spurs who are on a 14 game <laughs> losing streak. I just, you know. I They've just been think awful that they're too, kind man. of flying under the radar here. And, uh, and you know, it's okay. The Pistons can take that heat. They're tough. Detroit tough. <laughs> D2 right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap things up with our Mud Pie moment of the week. You've got it for this week. Uh, slash Zach had it before jet lag <laughs> got off to him and took him down for the night. Um, you want to go ahead and take things away with what Zach said? Yeah, um, I think it's you know I think this podcast has has made our position clear on players that uh, especially star players that kind of start sandbagging it and um, kind of check out of their situations on their way to hopefully trying to get themselves traded. Um, new member of that club, Zach Levine. Uh, the and I just love it's a perfect time for this mud pie. Because the Bulls, like I said earlier, are on this little spite bump of winning a couple games in a row um, against great chemistry in those two games. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Alex Crusoe hitting game uh, game tying threes. Filthy. He's he's had multiple uh, either game tying or game winning shots in the last couple weeks. Um, Alex Crusoe is a winning player. Um, I'm somewhat convinced that Zach Levine is not a winning player. He's always been a little bit of a bucket getter gunner kind of guy um and now he's even doing less than he used to um uh you know zach uh, talked about he's pulling a james harden and quitting on the bulls hurting his trade value when he supposedly wants to be traded great point um taking terrible shots arguing with his teammates not trying unless he's on the ball um and you know i i i guess this week is site to low post week but Zach Lowe talked about um, a specific instance in one of their games this week when um, a Bulls player was basically like, like obviously urging him to get involved in an offensive action, uh, and he was just standing there completely checked out. Um, really tough. Um, Lakers Twitter, listen to me. We do not want Zach Levine. We want to stay as far away from this man as possible. Uh, we would like to have a conversation with uh, with the Bulls about a return of Alex Caruso, but um, uh, I I I don't want to touch Zach Levine with a ten foot pole at this point. I think he is destined to do what he's done, which is like you know be an all star kind of level player for a middling slash maybe even bad team. 
Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think many teams want to touch Zach Levine with a 10-foot pole because I think Woj came out this week and said that the trade market's pretty much dead for him right now. Yeah. I Again, yep. I just I don't understand the concept of, a, a, with him specifically, like what have you actually done in your career? I think he's made like, I think he's made the playoffs once, maybe twice, and lost in the first round pretty handily. Um, he's never been one to put a ton of effort in on defense. He is kind of a, a, you know, a gunner who needs the ball in his hands. He, I mean, I do think he is a really great spot up three guy, but I just don't, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want that to be his role. He's great in dunk contests, which is awesome. But to come out and say like, here are the teams I want to go to. I just, it's like, do you actually want to get traded or do you not? To Zach's point, like if you actually want to get traded, don't, don't say here are the four teams that I would like to go to or that I would be open to going to it's you don't have that kind of leverage especially when you're throwing temper tantrums on the court I mean to me I'm like you you just threw out any leverage that you deserved um it is very Harden-esque which you know I think our listeners know how we feel about Harden and how much he's sandbagged his way out of certain situations that honestly were not that bad so yeah, not not a great not a great week for Zach Levine. Again, he's he's out with right foot soreness, whatever that means. I think I woke up this morning with left foot soreness, but I'm still walking around my house. So here we are. Uh, I don't know how this is going to play out, but I I don't I just don't know what teams are actually going to want to trade for him. Well, and you know what I hate is that the two teams that he listed supposedly I think it was the Knicks and the Heat, right? Um, those two teams would actually be like really good fits for Zach Levine if he were like engaged and playing well. Like, you know, he could get get buckets spot up uh, for Miami. They can hide him on defense. Um, he's actually like kind of a perfect guy if he was like a Heat culture guy. But I'm guessing those conversations haven't progressed because, unlike Damian Lillard, who 100% would have been a Heat culture guy, um, Zach Levine not quite not quite that. Um, not that he's not that he's like ever you know committed any like serious team chemistry sins until now, but um, he just has never come off as a guy who's like homicidally competitive. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, Knicks too. I think like he actually would be you know a a a, a bigger guard to pair next to Jalen Brunson, um, where they wouldn't be like you know trying to pull off a little Portland. Team Lillard, CJ McCollum, like a lot of the other trade talk about guards going to the Knicks. So again, potentially really good fits, but I don't know if he's going to end up in either place because I don't think either team is pushing in their assets to bring him to town. So um, little message for Zach Levine, maybe uh, maybe rethink being happy in Chicago. Chicago's a great city. You have really cool teammates. I would love to play with your teammates. Like, you know, uh, maybe just ask for forgiveness and, and see if we can make this work. Awesome. Well, on that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up for the week. Jay, I'm going to see you in Denver in three days. In three days. Pew, 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 pew. So stoked. Oh, just going to stay out all night, which for dangerous nights, guys, for you, dude. For 34 year olds, means uh, like a hot 1115. It's uh, pretty late. <laughs> Let's go, um, dude. Also, I'm so stoked. I also just love that this pod was like kind of like Survivor because we thought we were gonna have all five, and then we thought we were gonna have all four, and then we and then Dan. We thought we were gonna finish with three. So we're the final two. two. We're the final two, and and I would take you to the end anytime. Um, Not because I don't don't think you're a threat. You're not a goat. (laughs) I would go up in fire making against you any day. It would be an amazing battle. Man, uh, best man win. No, just oh, you man. know, like who you want to sp- spend that last day with the the final tribal beast <laughs> with or, Bruce. Clearly, <laughs> oh man, we'll uh, save our survivor takes for uh, when we kick off our survivor pod in the future. It's no happening. Uh, I I really wish that the no dunk guys hadn't taken that idea. I know. Like, you know, we were copying so. a lot of their ideas. It's okay. <laughs> Just get a bunch of white dudes uh, together and talk hoops and survivor. Just driven <laughs> from all of the other good podcasts out there. I think we've had oh, some man. good original ideas, and yeah, people should, should listen to them. Um, yeah, look, copy looking our ideas. forward to the to the to the doing the the second annual trade deadline 
uh, extravaganza. We're doing it. I, I'm stoked. I thought about that the other day. That was that was <laughs> that, that was, was your idea. idea. That was your brainchild. Was your brainchild. Incredible idea. Was, I'm really proud of it. Might be the reason I brought it up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was an insane week, but <laughs> very stressful. I need to gear up emotionally and mentally for that week. Anyway, good times, brother. This week, let's All right, party. brother. Stoke for Wednesday. Enjoy your date today. See you soon. Don't Ew. tell the people about okay, I mean, enjoy so your much. hangout with your family members later today. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, see you soon. See you, buddy. Bye.